six months of current abstinence. Everyone except the speaker should mute themselves now so we don't have background noise. And I do not know who our speaker is tonight. Can somebody help me out with that? Yeah, Please. Okay. All right. Welcome, Gil. And after 15 minutes, our timer. Who, Rick, is that also you? Did, did we nominate a timer yet? Perhaps we did not. I cannot find Okay. Michael is waving his hand, so I think. Oh, sorry. I, I don't have a view of, of everyone on the screen. Okay. Thank you. Yes, right. after 15 minutes, our timer, Michael, will give you a buzzer warning uh, so that you have five minutes before the 20 minute limit. Mm -hmm. And uh, go for it. Sounds perfect. I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> My name is Gil. I'm an enormously grateful recovering compulsive overeater. I think we're going to start at the end. We'll start with today. Um, you don't want to talk about uh, being a compulsive person. Uh, this is my fifth meeting of the day. Three OA meetings and two AA meetings today. It's just the way it was. This is the second meeting that I've been asked to lead. And um, I, I led a meeting at 10 a.m. in New Hampshire. And now I'm leading this meeting tonight. Um, and I point that out because the meeting I went to in the middle of the day was a long timers meeting at four o'clock Eastern time. And I had to speak at that meeting because I start thinking I'm all that and a bag of thinly sliced, deep fried, greasy, salty uh, tubers, if you know what I mean. And I'm not. In the long timers meeting with my almost 34 years of sobriety, I was just a toddler. It was great to be there and be humbled. And to see, um, there were like, 40 people there, 45 people from all over the country. And uh, no two people did it alike. And it was really good for me to hear that because I first started being judgmental. How could you be in there 39 years and not have 39 years of absence? How can you have five years after all of the, you know? And then I heard myself and I said, wait a minute, I pick out three character defects a day from a bag that I uh, first put together with my sponsor when I did my initial fourth step 31, 32 years ago. He took all of my fourth step inventory in the fifth step and wrote out a list of defects that came up for me while I was explaining what happened in my life. And uh, I took those uh, 50 character defects, put them each on a one inch square card and uh, cut them up and put them all in a bag at my sponsor's request. You know, it was his idea. And to this day, I still pull three out a day. And it's amazing what comes up because those three that get pulled out are the ones I need to work on. So I've taken to writing down each day what I, what I pulled out and I just looked at it over the last three or four months. And it's incredible that the, the, out of 50 of these, there's like four or five that keep coming up. Arrogance, impatience, um, comparing and despairing. You know, those, those are constants for me, judgmental. Um, and you know, yesterday, for example, 
I had judgmental, self-pity, and arrogant. And I do those things. I live in those areas uh, a lot less than I used to when I first came into the program. But um, man, I was uh, one messed up guy and it's taken me all of this time to clean up some of the mess. But I'm not cured. You know, the only thing cured is a Cuban cigar and a uh, Polish ham. I get a daily reprieve based on um, the fitness of my spiritual condition. And I work on it every single day. That's why I write in an online loop every morning, uh, answer questions uh, starting the first of this year. It's now in the Voices of Recovery. Last year it was in the um, For Today. But there's workbooks that go with each of those books. And I answer a question every single morning. I mean, I'm an addict after all, so I've been doing it for seven years without missing. And that puts me in a place in the morning to look at myself. Then throughout the day, I take calls from sponsees. I call a few people, not as often as I would like. I meditate um, and uh, I go to, today was an exception, but I usually go to at least one, usually two meetings a day, one in each of my two 12-step uh, programs. And, uh, you know, the, the pandemic affords me the opportunity to sit here in my man cave and just dial up things and be at a meeting with other people. So even though I'm alone with my wife 24-7 and don't go anywhere, I have a whole host of people um, who, you know, support and um, reinforce my um, abstinence and my sobriety. Um, so... That's the backdrop. So um, I did share this morning and I was a little bit uh, long-winded on the backstory. So I want to shorten that part up because I want to get to recovery. That's why we're here. We're not here for the story. Every one of us has a, a, a story. And our common bonds may sound like they're very different from different parts of the country, in some cases, different parts of the world. But the common thread is that we had problems with food, whether we just ate it in huge amounts, whether we ate it in huge amounts and got rid of it, whether we restricted or were anorexic, or whether we just ate it and, uh, you know, as I said, uh, either puked or, um, or in my case, I was a bulimic exerciser and I used coffee as a laxative. We all did those things or you wouldn't be here. If this is your idea of a good time on a Sunday night, that's, that's really sad. Um, it's, it's a great way for me to uh, celebrate my uh, recovery. But, um, you know, I wouldn't mind being upstairs with my wife watching some mindless television, but I know I need to be here. So the short form was is that I was a skinny kid, uh, but I ate, um, you know, junk food after school. If I had a quarter, I would go into the penny candy store and buy 15, 20 cents worth of penny candy and then use the other nickel to go across the street to the delicatessen and buy a sour pickle. <laughs> to eat those things together. But that's who I was. I was a kid when I was four years old whose parents uh, wouldn't let him chew gum. So I found gum on the, on the ground in the dirt and chewed that. I am a garden variety compulsive overeater and always have been. 
Um, I also was an alcoholic for as soon as I could get my lips around it. And, um, and uh, later, uh, when I graduated from college, I wanted to be an alcoholic. I didn't want to be a, a, a pot smoker. I went to school in the 60s, for God's sakes. So I waited till after I graduated from college and then started smoking marijuana every day for 17 years. I was a wake and bake guy. So I had all three of these things going at the same time. A joint in one hand, a drink in the other hand, and my face in something sweet. I could do them together and they worked until they didn't. And what happened was um, I got up to, you know, 180 pounds and that doesn't sound like much, but for a guy five feet eight, I had a front porch and a back porch and I could have gotten much, much heavier, but at age 30, somebody challenged me to a one mile race on the beach in Massachusetts where I was living and I trained. I had never run it before in my life. Uh, I had always looked for a sport. I was, uh, I was kid klutz. I couldn't uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. So um, when I started running, I found that all I had to do was fall down and get up again, and I could run a long distance. So there became um, my way out. I could burn off up to nine pounds a day simply by starving all day long drinking seven or eight cups of black coffee, going to the bathroom, weighing myself every time I went to the bathroom. And uh, from 176 pounds in the morning, I weighed 167 pounds at five o'clock at night, every day. Then I started eating and drinking and uh, till 1.30 in the morning. And this was so long ago, I used to pass out watching Johnny Carson, okay? And one night, I came upstairs with something sweet in each hand for the long uh, walk of 14 stairs up to my bedroom, stuffed them in my face, and then got into bed and couldn't sleep. My stomach was so distended. And it's been like this for months, years. And I finally reached the point out of where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And my wife had really helped me on this because um, nine, 10 months before I came into program, she came into OA. Um, a friend of hers got her involved. And uh, we were living in California at the time. This was in 1970, uh, 1987. And um, she said, uh, listen, I got to go to work. It's very stressful at work. She worked in uh, the TV industry. And she would leave at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and she wouldn't come home some nights until 4.35 o'clock the next morning working on scripts. And she said, I need to get centered. Can you read to me from page 449 of this blue book? Now, this was the third edition of the AA uh, big book. And that was the, um, what I call the prayer on acceptance. And I'm going to say it now because I read it so many times to her that I wound up memorizing it. I wasn't in the program, but I memorized it. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact in my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. I saw somebody reach for the book. It's 417 in the fourth edition. 
until I could accept my uh, compulsive overeating, I could not stay abstinent. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitude. So I would read this to her and then she'd say, wow, that's great. Could you read that again? So I read it to her twice every morning. Then she had me turn to page um, 59 and I, I would read the first three steps to her where I admitted, uh, or she would admit <laughs> that she was powerless, that her life had become unmanageable, that she'd come to believe in a power greater than herself that could restore her to sanity, and that she would turn her will and her life over to the care of God as she understood God. And I said, yeah, that's, that's great for her, but it doesn't apply to me. Well, guess what? That night, seven, eight months, nine months later, when I came up that one extra night, and I just couldn't sleep, I was so unhappy. I said, hmm, maybe I'll try this. So uh, the next morning I got up and I had a breakfast, which was brand new for me. I didn't want to eat that time of day. Why waste those good calories when I could eat them at night? But I ate a breakfast and I ate a sandwich for lunch and I ate a dinner and it had sugar in it. It had uh, weed in it. it, had all kinds of stuff in it, but I stopped after dinner. And I didn't eat anything the rest of the night before I went to bed. And I went to bed a little bit earlier that night. Welcome to abstinence. That was March 12th, 1987. And um, the road has gotten narrower. I've refined things. I've stopped um, eating wheat, uh, yeast. I don't eat dairy anymore because I went to a holistic nutritionist and I found out that was bad for me. There were certain nuts that I don't eat. I don't eat um, uh, some vegetables because there's a lot of, lot of sugar in them. Um, but I don't eat any of the sweet stuff and I don't eat anything greasy, salty, or crunchy. And you know what? From 167, which was my low weight after a day of running, I then went down below 160 pounds and got to a point where I weighed 150 pounds all the time, every day. Never thought of that. I mean, I didn't weigh that from the ninth grade, probably. And that's where I was. And I say was because what's happened is during this pandemic and after back surgery, I can't run anymore. So um, I find the exercise where I can get it. And some days I'm lazier than others. And son of a gun, I didn't put on the COVID-19, but I did get halfway there. I put on about seven or eight pounds, but I still weigh 157, 158, maybe 160 on some uh, mornings after I had breakfast. But what really happened was not only did I find a food plan, but I found something that worked. Two days after I uh, changed and started eating uh, three meals a day, I went to my first meeting. And there was a room full of women, 15 women in Santa Monica, California, and me. And I said, what the hell do I have in common with these women? And then I heard them talk. And they did the same thing with food that I did. And I said, okay, I will listen. I will follow what you do but I was still smoking the marijuana. And so for five or six months, I white knuckled it through the day because I had the munchies like I always did, but I just didn't act on it. 
until finally I went to a maintainer's meeting. Is that five minutes? Thank you. I went to a maintainer's meeting in um, West Los Angeles. There were 150 people at that meeting. And I was, I smoked a joint in the car on the way there in my little Volkswagen Beetle. And um, at the end of the meeting, they asked if anybody was looking for a sponsor. And I raised my hand and said that I was. But I'd already decided if I was going to get a sponsor, it was going to be the guy who was speaking because he spoke in front of a large group of people. He was a guy, therefore he must be my sponsor. I need the star. Well, I couldn't get to him after that meeting because everybody had swarmed around him. So I started walking out the door and there's this guy standing there talking to a woman who says, you looking for a sponsor? And I said, um, yeah, I guess. He said, well, here's my number, call me. Well, I didn't want this guy. He looked a little different to me. I, he didn't seem to have what I was looking for. But within a couple of days, I took a chance and I called him. And now it's been almost 33 years that I've had Henry as my sponsor. Um, I moved from West Coast to East Coast. I moved from Massachusetts down to Florida. Henry now lives in uh, Palm Springs. He's still my sponsor for life. And God bless him, he knows everything there is to know about me. We worked through the steps together. Um, I went to retreats and I mentioned that quickly because one of the retreats I went to for a year and a half into my recovery was up in the hills of um, Montecito above Santa Barbara. And uh, the guy who led the retreat had us go through all 12 steps with exercises. And the exercise for the second step was to write a um, 25 word or less want help wanted ad for God. And what I wrote was, I want someone that cares for me all the time, regardless of how I screw up. And the guy said, uh, when I read it out loud, he says, is that what you need? Is that what you want for God? He said, I said, that would be nice. He says, well, that's your God. I said, really, that simple? He said, yeah. And so I've refined that God. I don't know what it is exactly. I know it's an energy force and I know it wants good for me. That's all I need to know. And that helped me move on my path to recovery. And now, like I say, I've been, uh, March 12th will be 34 years of uh, abstinence. Uh, I, I really celebrate October 13th of that same year. That's when I put the, uh, the, the pot down. Um, because that's when I was clean, absent, and sober, and I was thinking with a clear head. But I've had a long run without a break. Uh, have my meals been a little sloppier? Yes, but I've never eaten after, after a meal. I've never gone back to the sugar. I don't eat the greasy, uh, crunchy stuff. And uh, my life works. You know, they say your food is boring, but your life is interesting when you come into this program. Well, my food really isn't boring. I eat plenty of stuff. That and and yep, we've been we've been bombed by a lady. Hi, Crystal. <laughs> and um, so that's that's my story. It it really works for me, and I keep coming, and I keep going to meetings, and I keep writing and reading and working all the tools, all the steps, and I try to live by the principles of the program. And that's got to be close enough to 20 minutes. Uh, Michael, how did I do? Are you there? You're, you're muted, but I'm, I, I'm about a minute left if you want to say something. Well, I'm going to leave the minute for the group. 
Thank you so much for letting me share. I hope I covered enough ground. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll be glad to answer them, but uh, this is your time. Thanks everyone. Thanks for being here. All right, thanks a lot.